0: preseason is here and we're ready to get started this is the hockey flow adam boucher marco d'amico let's get right into the show i'm aj Cordero. let's talk about the 74 players that were invited to the habs main camp uh, also the red and white scrimmage that happened over the weekend and also last night's game versus the devils which ended up in a loss marco take us away where are we going
1: uh well uh, the canadians started their training camp with uh, 74 players as you mentioned um it's a lot of players to take to a training camp i i've, I've Honestly, I don't remember it being this much. I remember it maybe in the 60s, uh, but the Canadians have three teams in the organization now that they have the Trois Riga Alliance, which means that they could afford to bring in players like Brett Stapley or Cam Hillis that are more than likely going to play in, in, in Twa Riga to their main training camp. So it's, it's been an interesting little, uh, little bit. And obviously the intra-squad games were uh, highly competitive, uh, very good tempo. And, um, you know, it's just made for some quality hockey. And then obviously last night uh, we had the first game, uh, the first preseason game, which was basically uh, a wide array of Montreal Canadiens top prospects picked over the last, uh, I would say, uh, three, four years uh, against the New Jersey Devils. And, you know, you you saw good things. You you saw good things uh, between all of them. And obviously, there are moments where certain players struggled. Like, you know, Slavkovsky didn't dominate like people thought he was going to dominate. But, I mean, if you think that Slovkovsky is going to dominate the preseason and you haven't been paying attention, um, you know. And other young players looked the part like they could be in the NHL tomorrow, like Owen Beck. And so there's, there's a lot to play with here. There's a lot of information that Martin St. Louis has to process. But I think... There's, despite the team looking like it's going to be just offense, offense, offense with questionably quality defense, uh, I think there's a sense of optimism in the air, despite knowing that this isn't a championship or even playoff aspiring team.
2: Oh, and like we know from from the get go, we're probably not going to make playoffs and we're probably going to be in the bottom teams again this year, but it's going to be a fun team to watch. Like
1: The only problem, and I'm going to say this now, the only impediment that I see stopping the Habs from being in the bottom is Jake Allen. Jake Allen last night, 18 saves, didn't let in a goal, um, wasn't necessarily tested to a a very high degree, but when he was tested, uh, he was there, and and you know I, I think for all intents and purposes, uh, you know a a guy like like him, they're gonna try to see what they can do with him. I think they're gonna try to extend him um, and help the Canadians kind of transition. Um, what you know from from the carry Price era to the to another era, more sustainable era, but I, I think. When healthy, and I think that's his biggest thing, is if he maintains his health, uh, he could it, it could be a problem for those that would prefer the
2: Canadians tank. You think Jake Allen's going to make that much of a difference? Like, um... I think a healthy
1: Jake Allen got the Canadians about ten points more than a Montembeau would have last season. And when you're trying when, when if the goal is to finish as low as possible, those ten points make a heck of a difference. So that, that's the way I see it. Now, could it be that he turns out to be, you know, average or gets injured? Possibly. But I think where the Canadians finish this year will have a lot to do with how Jake Allen performs. Yeah. Which is like the most basic thing you can say about a goaltender and, and, a, and, and a franchise. Uh, the, the number one goaltender's performance, generally speaking, uh, tends to dictate where they finish in the standings
2: and even more like relevant with the Montreal Canadiens, right? We had Carey Price for, what, 15 years? Like he was basically dictating how the team would finish. Uh, but on my end, I just feel like we've seen uh, we since our first episode this year, we were talking about the Habs decor and how it would be interesting to see them grow and they would be young, right? I don't I think we're going to struggle on defense this year. Like now we got the news that Edmondson's out indef- indefinitely again. Uh so you you lose Edmondson, you basically have Mattison and Saval who are basically the cornerstone of your defense. And then it's up to the young guys to to basically make their roster spot and then perform. Uh a lot of guys looked good on defense so far uh, i'm thinking about jordan harris i'm thinking about uh, a jack guy who probably won't even make the club out out of training camp but guys like he may because that's my next point you have guys like baron you have guys like norlander who from my point of view are nowhere to be found like norlander's two years ago we were talking about him as, as maybe the next not headman but the next good like Swedish defenseman and now he's nowhere to be found he looks lost on the ice um, and a guy like baron who played pretty well last season when he got the shot like a shot in the lineup right so far in training camp and those those preseason games well this preseason game he just looks totally lost and and not even up to NHL caliber right now.
1: The way that I see it, and, and this is something I'm gonna be I I'm pretty consistent about when I when I talk about Norlander, is he's playing on his offside, but he's also gone away from what used to make him so effective. Like he's not carrying the puck like he used to. Um he hesitates a whole lot more in the SHL when he was playing for Falunda, like he would normally, and, and we're talking about a bigger ice surface here, he would routinely take the puck up the ice himself, zone exit, zone entry, and then make a make the play, right? Whereas, like, right now, you're not seeing any of that. You're not seeing him attack the zone uh, aggressively. You're not seeing him jump into the play uh, the way that we've seen him do it before. So it, it's, it's looking at little things. Instead of going up the ice and looking for the open man and trying to, to make the right play in transition – He's just backhanding it off the glass to try and uh, relieve himself of pressure. It almost looks like he's nervous out there. And I think that that, when you have a player of his ilk, of his caliber, it's almost like Cole Caulfield last year, a lot of nervousness in his game. But once he, once he got used to it and once he started enjoying what was going on around him, that's when Cole Caulfield took off. I think it's going to be the same thing with Matthias Norlander, but I don't think anybody was, you know, uh, I don't think anybody was confused at this idea. Like, Matthias Norlander was going to play with the with the Rocket this year, uh, one way or the other. It was just, you know, was he going to get some time with the Montreal Canadiens? The way he's playing right now, not necessarily very much. Um, but there's still a lot of time, and as Martin St-Louis said last night, it would be very short-sighted to make a uh, a definitive opinion on one game,
2: oh, and it's one game. We have eight preseason games to play, so like it's it's only the first one. But look, on the flip side, one guy we didn't even mention so far is Caden Gooley. and he looks. Then again, we have to we have to be fair on both sides. It's only one game, but he looks ready. Like he looks good, and he's. A beast out there so he's gonna get ice time for sure and he's gonna play in Montreal this year
1: yeah he's I don't see a world where he's he's not going to get at least some ice time with the Montreal Canadiens this season I think you know Kent Hughes has been pretty straightforward on this and 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 what they're looking for Um, I think you know the Canadiens want to cycle in all these players little by little, uh, throughout the season. So Jack, Eye, uh, Harris, Barron, uh, you know, they're all going to end up getting reps with the Montreal Canadians. I feel, um, you know, this season. So it creates a situation where everything is kind of fluid and you're not necessarily chasing, uh, you know, your, your idea of a perfect lineup. You're just, trying to get guys to play to their capacity so that you can extract maximum value from their play later on when you're competing. And I think with that in mind, it doesn't become a question of playing the best players. It's about playing the players that are the most ready to play those minutes, even if their performances aren't necessarily the most optimal. And so a guy like, for example, Justin Barron I You know, maybe for a player like him, maybe being the power play quarterback in Laval may be more beneficial to him than playing on a third pairing in in Montreal and getting no power play time. Because, you know, when the Canadians are going to want him at his best, they're going to want him to be able to run a power play, be it first wave or second wave. So you're going to see a lot of up and downs this year. Where I think things are going to get tricky is forward. I mean, they're... The Canadians have sixteen forwards on contract this year. Granted, Paul Byron's not going to be healthy to start the season, and we don't know necessarily what's happening with, with Sean Monahan. But those players are going to be back at some point this season, and even then, start you know, fourteen forwards is the max, and you're at it, and that doesn't even include Slavkowski. Yeah, it, that to me is going to be the real story of training camp.
2: Yeah, forwards are interesting. We saw last night. Uh, well, we saw the, 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 Caulfield Beck and Hoffman line. Sure. But the second line that, that was being played yesterday, Pitlick, Dak and Slavkowski, that, that might just be a second line to start the season here in Montreal. Right. That, that was interesting. And it's two big bodies with the speed of Pitlick. That's, that could be interesting if they, if they start playing well together.
1: I wouldn't put Doc and Slavkovsky together, personally speaking. I mean, Marte Saint-Louis can can do what Marte Saint-Louis wants to do because he is Marte Saint-Louis. But the way that I see it is you have two players in Slavkovsky and Doc that are relatively young and looking to prove themselves in specific ways. Usually what you want to do is kind of put a veteran with those players to kind of bring them along, to put them together with a guy like Rem Pitlick as well, who has, you know, Plus, he's been a fantastic player at this training camp, but he doesn't necessarily have the experience that other guys have. You know, that could be problematic. A guy I thought made perfect sense to line up next to a guy like Slavkovsky was Dvorak because he's safe, covers, gets the face off, possession is strong in his case, and he's not a puck-carrying center, whereas Slavkovsky is a puck-carrying winger. I mean, we saw it a couple of times last night. He's really strong in the transition, so if that's the case, if that's what you're going with, then you need to turn around and position doc with guys who can go to the net because Kirby doc, you know, as much as he showed some physicality last night, he shied away from going to the high danger areas. So you need to put guys with him that can go to the high danger areas. And right now, Slavkovsky, despite being a big man is not effective yet at crashing the net at the NHL level and being able to bang in those those loose chances or rebounds he's still trying to get his timing right so i don't know that those two together would necessarily make the most sense uh when he comes back a guy like Josh Anderson makes a ton of sense uh even uh you know Sean Monahan would make a ton of sense on a on the line with uh with Kirby Doc. so you can't really make much of it because you don't have the healthy players in place yet but i think that that's the the blind possibilities are going to be even more complex once players come back from injury.
2: Yeah, and so you said it best. Like Slavkovsky was really strong since the beginning of training camp, and in in carrying the puck forward, getting into the offensive zone, but then in the O zone, he's just missing that, and and it'll come for sure. It's still early, but he's missing that extra step. That that the way. It's like almost like as if he's still thinking the game a notch too slow, but it'll come afterwards. Like he's gonna get that those NHL reflexes, he's gonna get into the game, and it'll come. But yeah, that Vorak pairing would make perfect sense.
1: Yeah, I could understand like wanting to put Devor like wanting a a veterans line. I can get that, but I don't think that's overly sustainable over the long term. I think you're gonna see a lot of movement and. I don't know for me like when you bring in a guy like Slavkovsky I can see why they wanted to put him together because you wanted a big line and and I I get that but at the same time you know Slavkovsky is a guy that likes to have the puck on his stick Kirby Dock is a guy that likes to have the puck on his stick I, f- I don't think that pairing made much sense especially that Slavkovsky so far has been more more so a playmaker than a shooter um uh, and and Rem Pitlik again bless his soul uh, not necessarily a prime shooter or a passer, just an all-around good player. So I, I just don't see how the pairing makes sense to be to be honest.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the injuries and let's talk about Nick Suzuki with a lower body injury. He is skating again and continuing his rehab. He we're expecting him to return in about a week. Joel Edmondson has a lower back uh, injury. Rehab is progressing, but he's definitely sidelined indefinitely. And Madison Bowie is day to day with an injury. How, I don't think this affects us too deeply, but obviously this is the kind of thing that we have to look out for in an organization. So who are the, some of the standouts that you feel could step up in the, in, the, in the time period while they're out?
1: I mean, Beck, yeah, I know, but Beck has so far, right? For Suzuki?
0: Yes. I mean, I want to give Beck an ELC, So, but like that's, well, I mean, that's me, think, I'm biased.
1: You know, something would have to go terribly wrong for him not to get an ELC within the next year. I think... I think, personally, I think he needs to be sent home in the next week with an ELC. I think that's... And, you know, the advantage to that is every year that he has this entry-level contract where he doesn't make the NHL, his cap hit actually goes down by about $25,000. So there is an advantage to that. And at the same time, you're giving these players their signing bonuses of $92,000. I mean, Owen Beck... There's no better way to motivate a kid than do that. Like, it's worked out well for a bunch of other players. Caden Gooley was an example of that as well. Um, you know, Joshua Rua would have liked to see him get an ELC last year after his very good camp. But he had to wait until about April, I think, March, April. So it it's good. And I mean, these are the prospects chosen by this management team. So Beck is a guy that makes a ton of sense. But Adam, is there any other player that could come in and maybe you know fill in for the time being
2: well filling in for Suzuki I don't think so cuz it's it's this we we mentioned it centers are so deep in this team like you even have Monahan who's not playing he's once he gets back it's it's an extra center he might play a wing but who knows uh I think Beck is doing it perfectly like we know Su- once Suzuki comes back he's going to play next to Caulfield uh and who's going to complete that, that line? we don't know yet. Uh, but yeah, Owen Beck playing he basically played top minutes yesterday. He got he finished with 59% face off uh, and yeah played very well. so I think it's it, it was his shot to take and he's taking it so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the one of the guys that really is, is, pops out to me that's going to be able to kind of come in and do some damage. Um, is Jordan Harris, I think.
2: Yeah, in the place of Edmondson, basically.
1: Yeah, because he can play on both sides. He plays a safe
2: game. Like
1: Kaden Gooley last night looked like an offensive defenseman because he was allowed to go up and, and, and take those chances and use the skating and, and, and you know basically push the pace because you had a guy like Jordan Harris staying back to back him up, to to ensure that if anything happened, he was there, and so when you have that kind of complicity when you have that kind of confidence you're you're kind of able to move in ways that are a little bit more fluid and that that was a very fluid pairing so you know gooley in my opinion has the front uh has the front lead, but I would be very uh i would keep my eye on jordan harris i really would
2: yeah he he was very good at like just overall good, like Jordan Harris is not flashy he's not he's not gonna carry the puck like coast to coast every play he's just he was just good and safe, you mentioned it like, and I think that's the type of player you need in Montreal right now, especially with that decor. just need a safe good uh puck moving defenseman to some extent, but he's just good and reliable that's Jordan Harris.
1: Yeah, he moves the puck in a way that isn't flashing. I think that's the key, right? I think he's quietly effective, and he can be viewed as a puck-moving defenseman. Puck-moving D don't necessarily have to be offensive D. They just have to be D that are focused on transition, and I think that's the key, right? Once he gets into the offensive zone, we've seen him do some really smart plays in the offensive zone, maintain possession, but he's not going to be necessarily the guy to generate the offense. He's more of a complementary offensive player in that case. But again, phenomenal player to have, and again, he's only twenty-two. There's a lot of there's still a lot of development in his case, and it could be taking. He uh, could be taking his uh, his time, and 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 eventually could become a top-four pairing uh, defenseman. We just have to see. There's so many options right now that it's going to be difficult to really pinpoint who is going to finish where.
2: Yeah, and but as of now, to just to to, to conclude this question, like if Edmondson misses. Uh, extensive time and and comes later in the season, comes back, well, I think Caden and Gooley and Jordan Harris are the ones uh, who are going to benefit more and more in, in terms of ice time and even maybe in third place, maybe, even a Jack guy maybe might be getting minutes as a bottom defenseman, but he might be getting Montreal minutes.
1: Yeah, and again, that's going to be the test, right? Like, how are you going to juggle minutes how are you going to you know it won't make sense to have more than two rookies in the lineup at the same time because you want to make sure they're getting quality minutes and, and they're progressing to me a guy like jack guy is impressive because of his physical attributes he, you know he's probably physically ready for the nhl but it's the timing it's the pacing like those are the things that that take time to get into and you know it although his progression has been really good Uh, I would say over the last couple of years, what's going to be extremely important moving forward is going to be his ability to do the same kind of progression, the same, um, I would say, uh, the same development curve, but at the pro level. And I think that that is very tough to do. And so in Laval is usually the best case to do that, but I could definitely see him get games in Montreal as early as right now.
0: And with that, we're going to draw a close to this episode of the Hockey Flow. But before we do, let's give you a recap of the game's coming ahead. So obviously, we just had the game against the Devils. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, September the 28th, we're facing off against the Leafs at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Then Thursday, we're against the Jets at the Bell Centre. Saturday, the Sens at the Canadian Tire Centre. And then on Monday, the Toronto Maple Leafs face off against us at the Bell Centre. And of course, the Senators on Tuesday at the Bell Centre. Any last words before we tag out for the show?
2: Enjoy the preseason and hopefully we we get more games like yesterday because it was a blast and hockey's back.
0: Hockey's back indeed. And with that, let's end today's show. Again, my thanks to Marco D'Amico and Adam Boucher, both of which you can find on Twitter. Adam you can find at really adam B and Marco can be found at M N Demico. That's M N D A M I C O on Twitter. I'm AJ Cordero. We'll catch y'all next week. Cheers.